I'm about to take you on a journey. I introduce the one, the only. I got a special treat for you. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Faith Center Classics Podcast. This is your host, Jason Norfleet. Here we will bring you the preached word from members, guests, and friends of the ministry from years past. Today's message comes from our bishop, and it was recorded on June 19th, 2005, entitled, Another Defining Moment. Let's listen in. And those of you that have your Bibles, would you turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2, if you would, verses 9 through 14. This is 9 through 14. And it is recorded this great story that is so relevant to us today. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. And parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it. And he cried. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the God, the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. And the word of God is so blessed. You may have your seat. We have here a setting and a scene that it is both bitter and sweet. An oxymoron, if you will. Bitter and sweet. We have the spiritual son, Elisha, desiring something of the father. An opportunity was given, first of all, by the Father. He says, ask whatever you will. Ask it of me. This denotes that Elisha, the son, had been a good and a faithful son. And God would have you to know even today that when you are a good and faithful son, when you are a good and faithful daughter, ask what you will. And it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the desires of your heart. When you've been faithful, when you have delighted in his ways, when you have been obedient. Yet, 
in order for him to receive what he asked, it would be both bitter and sweet. For when he asked, it appears obvious that he did not know that his father would have to be taken away from him in order that he would receive what he wanted. Hmm. But in this story, there's such a powerful truth. Such a powerful truth. For both Elijah and Elisha, it was another defining moment. And I want to address the congregation today from what I believe that the Spirit of the Lord would have me to preach and to teach and to impart to you today from the subject of another defining moment. I had the great privilege on this weekend to address the men concerning this very same subject. And I felt impressed in my spirit today that God would have me to address the people of God concerning this subject. This is a good thing. This is good news. Good news. Look at somebody say, you're having another defining moment. Another defining moment. I've discovered in my life an awesome reality. I have experienced personally and I have witnessed of the lives of others that there are occasions or opportunities that God orchestrates these situations and circumstances for the purpose of growth, for the purpose of our growth, for the purpose of our stretching or stretching of faith. He allows these opportunities for the purpose of our promotion. How many can stand a good promotion? But promotion always comes because there's something greater that you must accomplish. And you don't need the promotion if you're not going to accomplish something greater. Promotion. The word itself gives us a picture of someone moving, motion, pro-motion. There's something that you're doing and it means that the pro has deposited in you what you need to do to accomplish why you are in motion. There's something greater. God being the pro, you must be in motion. God has deposited something in you. It's really the story of our lives. We start out at point A and God wants to bring us to point Z. And throughout the process, God enables us, enlightens us, gives us a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. He anoints us for certain tasks. And, 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 and we must be careful from A to Z as we're traveling that we don't get hung up and start glorifying the process. Because many times people will glorify the process or celebrate the process when they fail to understand that yes, you experience progress or shall I say progress, but progress is not success. Success is at Z when you complete it all. And so as we said on last Sunday, we have the quitters, we have the campers, and we have the climbers. And so the quitters start out excited but they soon become disenchanted because labor is always involved if you're going to have success. And then we have the campers who become pleased in the middle 
because Jesus is now on board, but they want to stop and just want him to calm everything. We don't have to go. We don't have to go to the other side. We're, we're satisfied right that Jesus is with me now. In other words, they settle for less than what God has for them. I've never owned anything in my life, so God has blessed me with a little shanty. I'm happy with the shanty. If I never have the house on the hill, which is what God's will is for me, but I'm happy right here in the shanty. Look at somebody and say, don't settle. But the climbers will push. The climbers will prevail until they get all the way to Z. The wilderness is never good enough for them. They recognize that they're outside of Egypt. But they're not yet in the promised land. And the reality is even when you get to the promised land, there's still much work to do because there's still giants camping out on your property. You've got to get there and kill the giants. I've discovered that God allows stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. He allows people to die he allows monies to dry up he allows people to persecute you he allows I didn't say he makes them but in the midst of all of that whatever is happening to you there exists opportunity for you to be promoted for you to gain something positive out of that situation these situations from time to time they challenge the mind and the spiritual our spiritual relationship with God y'all know I'm talking right we start asking God questions Lord why 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 are you letting me why are you letting this happen Lord why why what's going on Lord and sometimes it can challenge our very relationship with God We know he's God. We, we know he's able, but, but we come out with something off the wall. I know y'all never heard this before, but Lord, if you would have been here, my, my brother, he would have not died. Woman, don't you know that even now I'm able to, don't you know you're going to, I know in the resurrection. No, woman, get it. Please get it. I am the resurrection. I am able to raise up anything that's been killed. I am able to restore what the devil stole. I am well able. Somebody's going to get this after a while. Hmm. There's no doubt in my mind today. That I would venture to say everybody under the sound of my voice have encountered situations and circumstances that have challenged your faith, pushed you all the way to the limits. I mean, pushed all your buttons. You've struggled and, and, and so you've struggled and you've vacillated between doing what was morally or spiritually correct versus what would please the flesh. Every one of you good-looking people. You've had struggles in your flesh. I didn't say you gave in. But you went there. You've entertained. That's it. I'm, I'm through with them, those people. I, I know God called me to them, but I have had it. I don't have to take this. Hmm. I mean, you got there. And, 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 but, but, but wait a minute. You know, a harsh... Reality is that most of us would never want to admit and that sometimes we actually chose to do the wrong thing. And we went on ahead and smacked them. We went on ahead and just said, see ya, I don't need this, I'm out of here. 
We, we went on and said, well, do it yourself then. You will see. I mean, we just left. We just, they'll see they need me. They'll see. God didn't tell you to leave. Am I, am I helping somebody? <laughs> and then there are consequences to deal with because you left what God told you to do. Even though by all natural appearances, you were justified in your leaving. It's quiet in here. <sighs> mm. But thanks be to God that he allows another defining moment to come. I believe that every time you come to church on Sunday, God allows for another defining moment. You heard something in the word that God gave you the green light and said, go. I believe every time you come to church, there's an inspiring word. That God gives you the stamina, gives you the strategy, and you're ready to take on the world. It's a defining moment. But what you do in your defining moment determines the outcome. Determines whether or not the vision, what you saw in what God said, shall be or not be. Hmm. A defining moment is what you're experiencing right now. But a defining moment is a place or it's a place of decision. It exists. And it's usually right in the midst of something. See, you don't get out of it and then get to decide what you're going to do. No, why are you in the crux of it all? While all hell is breaking loose in your life, God will speak to you and say, now what you going to do? Why are you in it? Why 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 you why why anger? That's when God will speak to you. I didn't say rage. Because when you're in rage, you ain't hearing nobody. You going off. Hello, somebody. You throwing a tip attention. I just thought of something. I saw something on CNN the other day about children throwing temper tantrums. I, where did that come from? I, it wasn't in the policy and procedure manual for me to throw a temper tantrum. You know, when I was a little boy, let me try it one time. There was a remedy. You know, we're in a modern society now. They want to negotiate. Call out the SWAT team. Get the negotiator. We're going to talk to this two-year-old. I don't think so. Y'all excuse me. I had one time to lay on the floor and look like I was going to open my mouth. Y'all excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just. Uh, but you see, the Bible gives instructions on all of that. Praise God. Hallelujah. I didn't say I'm not promoting killing anybody. And when you chastise, you chastise in love. And you don't chastise when you're experiencing rage. Hello, somebody. I don't get it. I'm going to walk in the store with my child or my grandson. They're going to throw themselves in the floor and refuse to go. Forget SWAT. Forget the police. I am the police. I am SWAT. Come on. Don't start it. Don't, don't let me take my clothes off today. Come. 
don't know where that stuff came from. I said, no, I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> you know how Enoch was translated? That's how it be, baby. You be translated. Before you know it, you'd wake up in another place. But let me go ahead on. Praise God. Let me translate you, baby. <laughs> a defining moment is what we're experiencing now. It's a place of decision and what you do or how you decide will affect where you spend your tomorrow. It will actually shape your tomorrow. What you do now will define what and where you will be on your tomorrow. So it's so important to make the right decision to do the right thing. Somebody needs to say yes to God. Joshua was in the wilderness when he had to make a, when he had a defining moment. He, he says, he says, as for me and my husband, I don't know what y'all going to do. Y'all going out there, y'all marrying all these strange people. You're, you're getting into this and you're getting into that. You're, whatever you're going to do, you do it. But as for me and my husband, and that's what we need to do in the midst of all the craziness. We see all kinds of things going on in the world today. All kinds of weird laws are being passed. I mean, just it's, it's like anything goes, but, but somewhere you got to cut the line and say, no, 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 no. As for me and my house, as for me and my children, we're going to serve God. I don't care what laws they, I don't care what they say. I don't care what they, no, no, no. I'm going to live. I don't care what's in fashion. I don't care what's in vogue. I don't care what's in and what's out. I know what God has said and I'm going to walk up right before him. No matter what, no matter who, I'd rather fight than, oh my God, I'd rather fight then switch. Look at somebody say it's still holiness or hell. See, God still wants us to love him. First thing he said, love the Lord thy God with some. Three quarters. Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart. Why did he say this? Because he knew that if you love me, you will keep my commands. See, that's why some of us don't do right because we have a love deficiency. We are deficient in our love for God. Isn't that why people do wrong? Because they don't love. They forget the commitment. Oh, I can't go there. God wants us to love him. Don't y'all understand? Elijah here loved his spiritual father. He loved Elijah. I would dare say that he was willing to die for him. If it came to that, he would die because he loved. That's the deepest result that you can ever have. Greater love than this hath no man that he lay down his life. Jesus proved it. Y'all forgive me for preaching elementary today because I know all y'all know that. But it's still right. And then the next thing God wants us to do is he wants us to follow him. But that's a powerful, powerful phrase in scripture. It says, be ye followers of God. And I told y'all before, the word followers there is specific from the Greek word mementos, which we get the word mimic 
or to act like or to be like or to do like. God is saying, I want you to be like me. He said, well, what kind of blasphemy? No, baby, that ain't blasphemy. And it's a command. Then he gave us the power. See, he always gave us the power to do whatever he commanded us to do. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. Do you understand the power? God gives us one of the greatest tools that we have that works in unity with with our faith is our mouth. Did y'all hear what the word of God said the other day? It said death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why you got to know what you're saying. Oh, I wish I could show y'all a scripture in the book. Somebody turn to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is so powerful. It'll blow your socks off. Hallelujah. Can I do this, y'all? I'm doing it anyway. I am the pastor. If I can just find Joshua, I know he's in here somewhere. Praise I, I got you know, you get a little older. It may take a little longer, but baby, you get there. Praise the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. This is so powerful. In this scripture, holds the power to have good success. We've been talking about having good success. We've been talking about accomplishing purposes and goals. It's all in here. Watch this. God is talking to Joshua. Joshua was the one that was, would, have, would, would finally bring the children of Israel into the promised land. And that meant that he had a goal. But in order for him to have success, there's something that he had to do. Watch this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. You want to know how to have good success? Meditate day and night on the word of God. So that when you speak, you speak what God is saying. You speak in unison. In unison, not just in unity, you speak the same time what God is saying. And if you speak what God is saying, trust me, it's going to come to pass. That is the key to your success. That's why you've got to guard your heart and know what you're putting in your spirit. Meditate on the word. And when it said this book of the law, that was the Old Testament. He was literally talking about the old, uh, about the law and so forth. The word, the logos, the written in today, it's not just the logos, but it is also the rhema. In other words, you got to hear what God is speaking to your heart and meditate on what he told you. Because when God speaks to you, I told y'all last week, it produces a picture. And now you know what you're looking for. Now you know what you're headed toward. And when you continually meditate on that word, it becomes pronounced in your spirit until it becomes passion. And your passion will push you until you have it in your hands, until it's manifested. That's why many of us fail, because our desires do not become our passion. We simply want it because it would be nice to have. But you must allow it to become your passion. 
I once had a statement that said, you will always pursue your most dominant thought. That's really just another saying that you will pursue your passion because your most dominant thought, you are passionate about it. That's why it's most dominant. You're always thinking about it. What is it that's most in your spirit? What is your greatest dream? What is your greatest desire? What is it? Until you have a passion for a thing, until you, it ain't going to just happen. You know what? Now, I know, I know that you may differ with me, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have the mic. People don't just fall in love. They grow in love. When you first meet, that ain't love. You see it, excuse me, I'm talking about a man and a woman now. I could deal with cars and things and stuff like that. You can say what you want. When you first see a person, it's something about them physically that attracts you. That ain't love. Love is deeper than the physical. Trust me, after a while, things going to droop. After a while, you're going to understand that there's some deeper things. You're going to, I know I'm in church, but you're going to discover other things about them that if it ain't real love, it's going to turn you off. Because, baby, when you get married, strange sounds come from under them sheets. And there's usually an aroma that follows it. Come on, I'm just being real. It better be love. Y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You grow in love. How? By spending time. Even with God, as you learn more about God, you love him more and more. That's why you ought to love him more today than you did yesterday. Hallelujah. Because you discover more about him. You understand his workings. You understand your relationship with him. My God. And so you get deeper and deeper in love. Love doesn't just happen. You first like what you see. There's something that, that draws you to it. And then you spend time and say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Am I helping anybody? <laughs> let me go on. Let me, let, me, let me go on. But you got to meditate in that word. You have to meditate on the things that God has said to you. That's where your power comes from. And that's why I told you all the other day, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. See, you cannot please God without faith. But what is it that you're hearing? You're meditating on the word that God has spoken to you in your spirit. You're rehearsing it. You're going over and over and over. It will help you to, to defeat everything negative and contrary that came against you. Even when troubles come, you know that, my God, my God, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. How did you know that? Because the word of God said so. The only thing sure, the only thing sure and definite there is that joy cometh in the morning. Even the weeping is not a positive thing. It's not for sure. You might. Weeping may endure. But joy cometh in the morning. So place your confidence on what's sure. I may have to go through a little bit now. I may have to suffer through something now. But I know that joy cometh in the morning. 
and you will respond, you will react, you will do according to what's in your heart, what's in your spirit. When people act foolishly, it's because that's what's in their spirit, what's in their heart. But if you meditate on the word of God day and night, if you meditate on what God has said, not just the logos, but the logos also, but what God has said, the promise that he made to you when he spoke to your heart and said, I'm bringing you out of this thing. If you focus on that, my God, you'll know that all is well. Are y'all still with me? But that brings you to the third thing that he, that God wants you. Number one, he wants you to love him. Number two, he wants you to follow him or to act like him or to be a doer of the word, to mimic him. But number three, he wants you to obey him. Now, obedience is the door that really opens and allows you to enter into the place of blessings. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You must obey. Hallelujah. And then when you do these things, then you will have good success in your prospering, in reaching your goals. Now you got to hear me. Here, Elisha has a great opportunity to be promoted. God is setting up things for him to be promoted. And God will always establish opportunities for you to be promoted. God provides the opportunities for you to proceed so that you can have good success, so that you can advance. The scriptures, it's clear in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. Now that was written by King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. Let's hear what he has to say about it. He says in Ecclesiastes 9 chapter 11, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. He says this, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But watch this, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Time and chance. In other words, God permits in time. Time is a space in eternity. It was set aside for a specific reason. He permits in times an opportunity. But time and chance. The word chance there literally means an occurrence or an opportunity. Within a segment of time, God allows for an opportunity for you to make a decision which determines what your future is. Whether you enter into your destiny, every man has what we call time and space to act in and the opportunity to do a particular work, a particular thing. What is God calling you to do? What is God pushing you to do? What is God encouraging you to do? What is it in your heart that you know you have to change? Because some things have to change in your life. Are you being compelled to change something? In other words, how you respond to any stimuli or the situation that, it, that you're in, how you respond to any, say any, any, how you respond to any stimuli determines where you go from there. It determines whether you have success or failure. And God has put in you the stuff that you need to make the right decision and the power to perform it. I want to convince y'all today. God provides opportunity. And God created us to prosper. 
Now we're not going to get into the scripture that we've been saying all these weeks, but I told y'all it's not just a privilege to prosper. It is a command and you know the scripture. So God is invested in you. God wants you to have good success. He doesn't want you to settle. He wants you to complete. God has not called you to compete, but to complete. Look at somebody say, God has not called you to compete, but to complete. (laughs) Often you're not familiar with what's in you until pressure comes. And so sometimes God will allow situations to occur so that you'll see what's really in you. Sometimes there's a need for things to change that are in you. And sometimes there's a need for you to see what's in you so that you can work with it, so that you can have good success. There's some things about you that you don't even know about you. There's a bunch of Clark Kent's walking around this room. Because you haven't discovered yet Okay, for the women. There's some Carol Clint's Kent's walking around here. Amen. There's some Clark Kent's walking around that you don't realize that you're Clark Kent. But it's no, you realize you're Clark Kent. You don't realize you're who? Y'all watch movies. Because you haven't been pressed, you haven't been pushed yet. And so because of that, Peter, God will orchestrate a situation so that you can have what I call an OGM. Somebody say, what's an OGM? An OGM is an old God moment. God will allow you to experience an old God moment so that the Superman in you can stand up. That's what Peter had. He was out there on the water. My God, he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. He went out that man, he was walking on water, but God wanted to show him what was, my God, he wanted, see, see, you've got to know your limitations. Your strength is really found in knowing your limitations. You better know what your kryptonite is. I'm trying to help somebody today. You will really be strong when you know what your kryptonite is so that you can stay away from it. Peter got out there walking on water all of a sudden. Oh, God! Have you ever had an old God moment? You find out what's in you. But you know what? That is a defining moment. Even when Jesus helped him, he was still walking on water. God came to let him know that you can walk on water when you think you can't. Jesus just held his hand. You think Jesus was toting him on water? Come on, Pete. Come on. Come on, Peter. No. He let him know that what you can still do. See, God puts in you. You got to get this. God puts in you what you need to perform a certain task, to do what you need to do. It's like this. How many have a car? When you have a car, it has everything that you need to handle whatever situation you're in. When you drive in your car, all of a sudden, it starts raining. You don't have to go, oh God. You don't have to drive back to the factory. Why? Because the windshield wiper is built in. Turn it on. I'm trying to help somebody today. You trying to help somebody today. 
When you're driving your car, and my goodness, you're having a good time observing the scenery. Everything's bright and light outside. But then the, the, the night begins to fall, and all of a sudden, it's dark. That's not an oh God moment. No. You don't drive to the factory and say, something wrong with this car. I don't know what's wrong with it. I can't see at night. Look at somebody say, turn on the light. See, that's what God is trying to get y'all to do, to turn on the light. He's trying to help you understand that it's inside of you. He's trying to help you understand that if you just meditate on my word, you don't know how to work. You don't know what's in you. Read the manual. The manual is both the Logos word and the manual is the Rhema word. God told you what to do and he'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you how to operate it. He'll tell you what he's given you and he'll tell you what he hasn't given you. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. In other words, you mean I really don't have to be afraid? My God, my God. He comes to let you know. You got to read the manual. You don't know what's in you. Some of you don't know what's in you now. You know why? Because you haven't read the manual. The manual comes in two forms. There's one that's written and there's one that all you got to do is let it speak. That's the rhema. Anybody have a Bible on CD? That's a talking one. Praise God. Well, when you open up your heart to God, he'll begin to talk to you. Right then and right there, the manual will speak. He speaks life. Why? Because he's invested in your success. But you got to have your ear on to hear. God is wanting to speak in your life. He's wanting to let you know you don't have to fear anything. But so that this decisive moment will come. See, every time a decisive moment comes, every time a defining moment comes, it's an indication that God wants to do something greater in your life. Don't freak out. Receive the blessing and say yes. Opportunity will come for Clark Kent to be transformed into Superman because the villains come and we need somebody to stand in the gap that will not be afraid and that somebody is you. I'm looking at, you know, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm looking at Clark Kent and I'm looking at Superman at the same time. See, when, when there's no pressure, I'm cool, I'm calm. What's up? I'm ready. You pushing my buttons? Watch this. See? But beware of the trip kryptonite. See, because sometimes trouble will come and introduce itself and it's a trap. You got to know what to do in every situation and God will speak. Don't be lured into the trap. Be careful what you allow to stimulate you. Can I just talk plain? There are times that you need to run. There are times that you need to walk. There are times that you need to beat it down. And y'all ever seen Superman? When the kryptonite is there, I mean, he's dying. He's, y'all, y'all watch. I mean, all hope is lost. He, he has gone. He's stretched himself. He's at his point of limitation. He can't do anything. But he keeps on living. 
Because God will, see, there's always a way of escape. Always a way of escape. I don't care where you are. If God has to put a phone booth in the middle of the desert, but there's something that's still required of you, you got to get to the phone booth. I don't care if you have to crawl. I don't care. My God, my God. If you can't move your legs, do what we call in the military a low crawl. You're going to get there. My God, it takes effort. I'm talking about perseverance now. You're talking about enduring as a good soldier. Maybe y'all can identify something that you're struggling with. I mean, you were strong. You talked this good game to everybody else, but now the kryptonite has shown up and you're feeling weak and it's got you down. But over the horizon, I can see a phone booth. If I could just get to the phone booth. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. If I could just get to Jesus. If I could just call out his name. Oh, I believe I'm going to make it to the phone booth. If I could just pull in to the phone booth. Something's going to change. God has given you the ability to be transformed. There's a superman in you, Robert. And he's trying to get out. Y'all need to stop holding your superman's back. There's a metamorphosis that's trying to take place. This is your defining moment. You got to let God be in you who he really is. You must let God do in you what he really wants to do. You got to stand up and be counted. You got to stand up for the cause of Christ. You got to stand up for the cause of righteousness. He's spoken to your heart. You have the instruction. You know what you do. Don't worry if you're so weak you can't do anything. My God, his strength is made perfect. In my weakness, it's time for Superman to live on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's a defining moment. Let me end the story here. Elisha said, yeah, there's something I want of you. I want a double portion. What is it that you want from God? What is it that you're looking to change? He says, if you see me when I go up. In other words, you got to stick by me. You've got to stay with me. There's something that you want from God, but you're not going to get it apart from God. You have to continue walking up right before him. He said, as long as you see me when I go up. Hallelujah. And it's so important. But then comes the trials and comes the tribulation. And I'm telling you, it's worth the struggle. I'm telling you, it's worth the fight. He had to go through some places. My God, he had to go through some places before he finally got. He already had the promise, but he didn't have it in his hands. If you see me when I go up, it's a hard thing, yes. But if you see me when I go up, it's yours. And then Elijah was about to make his journey because he knew he was going to be with the father. And every time he would come to a significant place, he said, now you stay here. That's testing. See, there's always something that wants you to get to settle. There's always something that wants you to camp out. But he said, no, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, I'm going to go with you. He went through Gilgal. Now, I like, I like Gilgal because Gilgal is defined as a place. There's something significant about the name as a place. But it also significant as what happened there. It was there that the circumcision took place, a special circumcision. So we understand that Gilgal is a place of cutting away. 
Literally, the name Gilgal means roll away or to roll away or rolling away. So you got to get to Gilgal, but there's always a struggle and there's always pain associated with separation. Somebody's going to get this after a while. See, there's some folks and some stuff that you need to separate yourself from. Yes, it's going to hurt a little. The circumcision is going to hurt a little, but you've got to cut yourself away from that. Am I helping somebody? And get this, because for everybody, it is not always a person or a thing that you must cut away, but many times it is an attitude. It's a, a mindset that you have to cut away from. Maybe everybody don't hate you, and so what if they did? Everyone's not against you. The spirit of depression is all over this nation. But you've got to cut yourself away from that. There must be a separation. Why? Because you've got to get to the place that you can hear God. The next place that they went to was Bethel. Bethel means house of God. You've got to get in the presence of the Lord to be built up, to be strengthened. That's why it's so important for you to come to church every Sunday, Wednesday, Monday. It's so important for you to come and be encouraged. You're getting the rainbow word right now. You're also hearing the logos word. You are hearing from God as it pertains to you right now. God is saying you are Superman, not just my man or Clark Kent. Somebody got that. God is saying you're well able to do this. And you get that word of encouragement, equipping. He's placing in you what you need so that when the darkness comes, you can turn on the light. So that when the rain comes, you can turn on the wind, the windshield washers uh, or wipers in your life. Come on, somebody. You got to get this thing. So he went to Bethel. And again, he said, well, why don't you stay here? Let me tell you something. If you're going to have success in God, you cannot stay in the church. Oh, what, what blasphemy? What did he mean you can't stay in the church? No, you got to come to church, get the strength, but you got to go outside of the church to be doers. You don't want to pray for anybody until you get into the house of the Lord. You don't want to lay hands on nobody until you get in the house of the Lord. Why? Because there's no challenge. That's where it's supposed to take place. But will you do it out in the public where everybody can see you? Will you live? It's easy to live holy inside the church. Everybody's doing it. Either they're acting it or they're doing it for real. But the challenge is can you live holy after you leave the church? Oh, I wish I had somebody that knew what I was talking about. It's easy to say, thank you, Jesus, I bless you in the house of the Lord. But will you do it on your job when the Spirit of the Lord hits you? Or are you going to look around first and then start jumping up? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Because when you leave the house of the Lord, the next place they went was Jericho. Jericho is the place of the fight. But the fight doesn't always take place like you think it's going to take place. It's the place of obedience. He said, I want you to walk around the walls for six times. And then on the seventh time when you're walking around the world, that's when I want you to shout. Some of us get in ourselves and we figure I'm going to help God. I'm going to walk around six times and I'm going to shout. That's not what God told you to do. you got to do it like he said. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Do it the way he told you to do it. 
It's the place of trust where, where you get to demonstrate trust when the pressure's on because you don't know if they're going to bust out of the walls of Jericho and fall down on you and beat you down or what. You outside walking around, walking around being quiet, believing God. You better believe God. It's the place of trust. When you come in the house of God and you hear that word of God, he's going to release you to the outside and now baby, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. You got to trust God. You got to know what you're dependent and some of the things that he tells you to do will sound absolutely foolish. What kind of mess is this? You're going to destroy them. They're going to be under your feet. All you got to do is walk around the wall. What kind of mess is this? Every good soldier knows that nothing happens when you just walk. But God said, do it my way. And then God will tell us to do some things that we're uncomfortable with. You know the one that's been hating on you. You know the one that's been lying on you. And God will tell you to go and love them up. God will go and tell you to give them a good gift. God will go and tell you to bless. What kind of mess is this? But obedience is better than sacrifice if you just trust God. And now comes a time when you're ready to be promoted. He's, the next place they had to go to was the Jordan. The Jordan is the place of the crossover. When you've been faithful, when you've done what God told you to do, now you get to cross over. But guess what? When you get to cross over, sometimes that's the place of your greatest pain. You're going to get what you asked for, but many times there's a pain associated with it. Oh, come on, women. You know how you prayed for that man. You know how you said, Lord, if you just give him to me, oh, I'll praise you forever. You got him, and now you want to kill him. You ain't asking God to kill him no more. But you got what you asked for. Just like when they got into Canaan land. It wasn't over. God fulfilled his promise. But they had to deal with the giants in the land. Here he is. Elisha now. He's followed him. He was faithful. He kept his eyes on him. His focus was right. He believed God. Now he's on the other side of Jordan. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees the chariots of fire. The chariots, the horses coming down. And they took him up. He was overtaken. He was overwhelmed. He got what he asked for but oh it was bittersweet they took him up and he began to cry and it showed something of his love for his father he said my father my father my father my father it's almost as if God if I knew that it would have taken this to get what I wanted but here's the promise and the reality is now you must walk in the anointing of your father even so, you must walk in the anointing of your Father God. But your labor is not yet over. Because as I told the men on yesterday, when Elijah was caught up, the mantle fell. The mantle represents the covering of God over your life. It seals you into the promises of God. But it did not fall on Elisha. The word said it fell to the ground. Even in your blessed place, you still have to del- you still have to labor for what God has for you. Now the moment of truth. Is this thing really gonna work? He goes over, he picks up the mantle. 
God, my God. You've got to work the word of God. If you don't speak it, it won't materialize. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You quit waiting for somebody else to come along and bless you. Excuse me. Bless yourself by speaking the word of God. Bless yourself by doing the word of God. Bless yourself by obeying the word of God. And the blessings will come and you will have good success. The Bible said that he picked up the mantle. My God. You've got to live with this thing. You've got to walk with this thing. You've got to believe this thing. And the Bible says he was in pain, but it still works. I want y'all to know that even when you're in pain, the word of God will still work for you. My God, my God. When you're going through, the word of God still works for you. He was in pain. And the Bible says he struck the Jordan. He hit the water. And the first miracle, my God, it took place. The Bible said that the waters parted and he walked over and everybody saw him. That's why I say everybody shall see and everybody shall see and they will know that you are a child of God. They will know, my God, in this day and time, Clark Kent doesn't get to hide his identity. Everybody's going to know that you're the man of God. Everybody's going to know that you're the woman of God. You've got to know who you are. They already know who you are, but you've got to know who you are. The devil has kept you ignorant too. Lord, you thought you couldn't. You thought you were going to die. Baby, let me tell you something. If the devil hasn't killed you by now, chances are very good that he does not have the power, that he's not able. God didn't allow him to kill you, and he's not going to. But you got to know who you are in God. I'm looking for some supermen, for some superwomen to stand up. Stand up, supermen. Stand up, superwomen. Come on, I need somebody to stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to know who you are in God. Because there's some things that are coming along the line that you've got to use your superpower abilities. I'm talking about the anointing of God. I'm talking about the word of God. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. You want things to change in your life. you got to make it change. you got to make it change. My God, God has given you the ability. God is with you. But you got to want to because you've got to do it. Look at somebody and say, why delay? Tell them, just do it today. Just do it today. The challenge is on. This is your defining moment. And I am closing. Saints, this is your defining moment. Elisha, Abraham, Moses, Esther, Deborah, they all had defining moments. They chose to believe God. You got to understand you're no different. You are no different. You are anointed. You are appointed. You are indeed called. But you got to do the labor. You must sacrifice the time. Whatever you need, just turn on the lights. Turn on the windshield. It's in you. It's in you. God is calling you to have good success. But you must meditate on what God is saying day and night. God is invested in you. He made you so therefore he believes in you. Is there anybody in here today that wants to make a change? You really want to make a change? My God. Lord, we thank you now. 
God is going to give you an OGM, an oh God moment, and he's going to prove himself to you. Some of you, perhaps this week, you've already experienced an oh God moment. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what. Oh God, oh God. Oh God. But in your oh God moment, he's going to show up in you. He's going to rise up in you. And you must yield and follow him. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.